Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. Our impression is that many Christians have forgotten that Jesus was the preacher of the Gospel. It isn't sufficient to believe in the Bible that Jesus simply died for your sins and rose from the dead. There's more to the gospel than that. You see, Jesus came preaching the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God. Now, kingdom, of course, means kingdom, just as the death of Jesus means the death of Jesus, and the resurrection means his resurrection. But the kingdom of God phrase, of course, covers a different range of information entirely. Now, what would Jesus have meant by the kingdom of God? This is a vital question for Bible students to consider carefully. You see, Jesus commanded repentance and belief in the gospel or good news about the kingdom of God. That call to repentance in view of the coming kingdom was actually Jesus' first commandment, his first order, his first call and summons to the public to respond to his teaching. Now, I'm sure you'll realize that response to the teaching of Jesus is the one thing that we Christians cannot afford to ignore. Everything in the Bible revolves around our response to the message and the teaching and the gospel of Jesus Christ himself. So back to Jesus' first command for a moment. Think of the Messiah there in the land of Galilee, in the northern part of Palestine, a Jew of the Jews, a first century Palestinian Jew, initiating his public ministry with the following demand. Repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God. You'll find that in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, in any system of knowledge, of course, it's essential that we begin at the beginning, that we lay the right foundation. Now, laying the right foundation in terms of Christianity means getting hold of, understanding and grasping the meaning of the beginning of Jesus' teaching. Now, I want you to notice carefully that at the beginning of Jesus' teaching, not a word was said about his death or his resurrection. What Jesus did say was, repent, that's to say, adopt a new way of thinking entirely, a new orientation towards life, change your lifestyle, adopt a new set of goals entirely, and repent and believe in the good news about the kingdom of God. Now, why does that make such good sense as the basis of the Christian faith? Well, your objective in life is to gain immortality. You are presently mortal as a human being. You're stuck with that mortality. As a human being, you've received it from Adam. What you need is immortality. And Jesus is the great purveyor of the method by which immortality is to be gained. Now, if we're interested in immortality, if we're interested in living forever, then it makes perfect sense that we should pay attention to what Jesus has to say. He alone has the secret of immortality. It is coming under his instruction that leads us in the direction of immortality. So nothing could be more important for the Christian than to respond to the beginning of Jesus' instruction program. And once again, his first lesson, the very basis of his course, which is designed to lead you to immortality in the kingdom, is simply this. Repent, turn around, change your mind, change your life and commit yourself to a wholehearted belief in the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. 
I've observed many times in this series of programs that Jesus himself saw himself as a preacher of the gospel of the kingdom. His whole mission was bound up with that one overwhelming objective. You'll find that plainly stated in a marvelous text in Luke chapter 4, verse 43. There Jesus exclaimed, I must proclaim the gospel about the kingdom of God to the other cities also. That's the reason why God commissioned me. Now Jesus gave us other information, other invaluable information, about how his course in immortality works. He saw himself not only as a preacher of the gospel of the kingdom, but as one who in preaching that kingdom was sowing the seeds of immortality in the hearts of human beings. Jesus, we might say, actually had a formula, had a recipe for immortality, and he outlined the secret of that formula in the famous parable of the seed or the soils, what we rather unfortunately call the parable of the sower. In Luke chapter 8, verse 8, we read that Jesus would customarily raise his voice at a certain point in his teaching. By raising his voice, of course, Jesus was trying to add the greatest possible emphasis to what he had to say in this lesson on how to gain immortality and live forever. In Luke 8.8, 8, Jesus would call out and say, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so then in verse 9, we read that the disciples began questioning Jesus as to what this parable of the sower, or the different kinds of soil, and the seed as it falls in those different kinds of soils, would really mean. Now, here's Jesus' response in verse 10 of Luke 8. To you, he said, it's been granted to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it's in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus, you see, here divides society into two opposing camps. We might call these the haves and the have-nots. There are some who see, and there are some who do not see. What Jesus is trying to convey here to the disciples is the formula, the recipe, the secret, the key to immortality. And it has to do with understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Luke 8, verse 10. Now, the parable, Jesus went on to say, is this. The seed is the message of God, God's gospel, God's word. In Matthew's account of the same parable, we read that the seed is, in fact, the message about the kingdom. So let's learn this lesson well. The expression, Word of God, or Gospel of God, is exactly the same as the expression, Word of the kingdom, or Gospel of the kingdom. So once again, we see then the kingdom is involved in this formula, this recipe, this key, this basic instruction in regard to immortality. Well, you might respond, if gaining immortality is as simple as all that, how come not everybody in the human race has embraced the secret? Now, Jesus has a very clear reply to that reasonable question. In verse 12 of Luke 8, Jesus said this, Those beside the road are those who have heard the message, the word of God, the message of the kingdom. Now, notice this carefully. Then the devil comes and takes away the word 
from their heart, from their mind, so that they may not believe it and be saved. Luke 8, verse 12. Now, there we have a brilliant intelligence report on the part of Jesus the Messiah. He warns the public, quite formally here, that the devil's intention is to block, to jam, to obstruct, to oppose in every possible way this essential seed of immortality, the reception of the gospel about the kingdom of God as it came from the lips of Jesus. That formula for success, that key to immortality, to gaining the life of the age to come in the kingdom of God in the future, that's the thing the devil is against. And so Jesus warned quite specifically here that the devil's business is to oppose the reception of the message of the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it in the hearts and minds of potential converts. That's why Jesus raised his voice at this point and said, Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Please listen, said Jesus. Please pay attention to what I'm saying here, because your life is at stake. Your destiny is at stake. Your destiny, Jesus kept saying, depends on your response, your intelligent response to my message, my gospel about the kingdom of God. Now, I wonder if you've realized that the apostles, as recorded for us in our New Testament documents, are the directors, under Jesus' supervision, of course, of the immortality program. Christianity is an invitation to live forever. We are mortal. We need to take on immortality. The question is, what method is offered us in the Bible for the obtaining of that marvelous immortality for which God intended us as his created beings? The answer is very plainly given by the apostles and by Jesus himself. But often the secret of that immortality is entirely overlooked in preaching. In 1 Peter 1, verse 23, we read, that Christians are to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Now, the rebirth, of course, is the initiation of the immortality process. We are born once as mortals. We are to be born a second time with a view to immortality. So here it is. The seed, the incorruptible seed, is the tool which God has chosen to initiate the immortality process in each of us. Now, Peter, as a direct spokesman of Jesus himself, says here in 1 Peter 1.23 that that invaluable, incorruptible seed is the Word of God. Well, then the question arises, what is meant by the Word of God? Is that just a term to describe the Bible as a whole? Well, no. In the teaching of Jesus, the Word of God is a technical term, a very focused term to describe the message which Jesus brought, the gospel message of the kingdom. That's the incorruptible seed. Now, Jesus himself plainly stated that in a marvelously illuminating verse in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19. In that extraordinarily interesting parable of the soils and the seed in Matthew 13, in the 19th verse, Jesus stated this, The word of the kingdom is the seed. The seed is the message about the kingdom of God. You can compare that with Luke 8:12. Luke's version of the same parable says, The seed is 
the word of God. Matthew's version reports it as the message about the kingdom. You see, the gospel message of the kingdom contains that vital information, that creative activity of God. The gospel, as Jesus preached it, provides the spark of immortality. That's why Jesus raised his voice and said, Let him who has ears to hear understand that my message of the kingdom, my gospel message of the kingdom, is the vital saving seed of immortality which must take root in your heart if you are to begin the journey which leads to immortality in the coming kingdom of God. One would expect then that preachers everywhere would be expounding that message of the kingdom, a message which gives us life-giving energy and which eventually leads to life forever in the future kingdom of God at the resurrection when Jesus returns to establish his kingdom on this earth. If you will take a Bible and examine the word born again, you will see that it's related to the activity of the Spirit of God. But equally, and this is often overlooked, it's related to the activity of the Word of God, the creative Word of God, which is very close in meaning to the Spirit of God itself. Now, the key to the understanding of the born-again process is found in the teaching of Jesus in the 13th chapter of Matthew, verse 19, and its parallel verse, Luke 8.12. I've written a book on the kingdom of God. We'd be very happy to send you a free copy for your own personal Bible study at home. Meanwhile, join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' great salvation program, which he announced as the gospel about the kingdom of God.